Thank you for listening to the Following Films Podcast, a movie podcast that takes you on a weekly journey into the world of cinema and into the minds of the talented individuals who shape it. I'm your host, Chris Maynard, and today we're joined by Chantelle Albers to discuss her film, Two Sinners and a Mule. Kicked out of a small western town for sinful behavior, free-spirited Alice and Nora set out for Virginia City to pursue their dream of opening a restaurant. Out on the prairie, they come across an injured bounty hunter named Eldon. Hoping to share in the reward, they nurse Eldon back to help and help him stalk his prey, Grimes. But as Nora and Alice both develop feelings for Eldon, no one notices that Grimes is now on their tail, and the hunters become the hunted. But before we dive into our conversation with Chantel, I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Bookman's. Bookman's is your go-to independent bookstore, where you can find an extensive selection of books, movies, music, and more. They truly believe in the power of storytelling, and in the magic of the cinematic arts. So if you're looking to expand your film, music, or movie collection, trust me, they have plenty of westerns. Be sure to visit your nearest Bookman's. There's always something truly wonderful to discover. Have you followed the Following Films podcast on Spotify? If you have, well, thank you. If you haven't, head on over to Spotify. Search for Following Films and give us a follow. It really does help the show. Now, without further ado, here's my conversation with Chantel. Two Sinners and a Mule is currently available on VOD. Enjoy the show. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for taking time out of your holiday weekend to do this. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me on your show. No, I'm, I'm glad to have you. This was, I had a blast with this movie. I had a lot of fun watching it. So um, I, I did a little bit of research, not a ton, but I, one thing that caught me right away was that how natural you seemed on a horse in this. Cause um, oh. it's, it's something that always stands out like a sore thumb. It's if you never get the actual full view of somebody mounting the horse, riding the horse, that thing. And it seems like you did a lot of the work here, but with your background in North Dakota on ranches, it seems like that may have come up at some point yeah. in your life. Yeah, you know, um, I love being around horses, and I I grew up on a ranch, um, as I'm sure you you read somewhere. Yeah. Um, I actually have done a lot of horseback riding, and I've I've done a lot of work with my dad growing up on the ranch, where we've um, on horseback um, gotten cattle from one pasture to another, kind of kind of like what they do in Yellowstone, only sure. like a more little. There's a few more elements of weather added into it. Um, I've also gone out and I've gone tagging calves with my dad. It's um, during calving season. You need to match the mama up with the baby calf so that, you know, you know how they go together. And yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's, you know, ranch life. It's, it's very similar to um, stuff, stuff that you would find in a Western. <laughs> so then is that something that just felt like a natural fit to you when, uh, how did this project come about as far as, but uh, we don't get, as many Westerns as I personally would like to see um, these days. And especially something like this, which I feel is has a modern sensibility, but it's not something that's like a deconstruction of the genre. It just feels like a modern uh, sensibility with a classic Western feel to it somehow, which is pretty unusual. So can you talk a little bit about what attracted you to this project? Yeah. Well, you know, um, I've, I've kind of th- thought of it too. It's a little bit like a Western Thelma and Louise, a little yeah. bit you know, yes. kind of, you know, two women that are, you know, off on a, an adventure together. Um, what what attracted me to this film, though, is I really love the arc that Alex has in this. You know, she starts off as one of the sinners. 
and it's picked out of, you know, their town that they're in by the Women's Decency League. So, you know, there's a little bit of, um, you know, catchy humor in it. But once they're out on the road and they want to start their new life, they, you know, come upon this bounty hunter and um, just everything that that Alice goes through um, from meeting the bounty hunter to everything that her and Nora go through with him and then everything she experiences, you know, all the loss that she goes through. Yeah. Um, she sort of has like this awakening of forgiveness and she even mentions God in the script a lot of times. So I kind of liked that because you don't see um, characters that, you know, go from one element and have this arc um, to the ending where there's someone completely new um, and they're, you know, the standing heroine too. So I, I thought that was kind of a, a really cool role that I was really excited to tackle. Oh, absolutely. And the fact that you have just really this, the center of this film is really the relationship with you and Nora. If this, that doesn't work, the movie itself just does not work. Oh. And I can't think of many Westerns that really are dependent upon two female leads really interacting despite everything else that's going on. I, this is really the story of these two characters and all this world that's happening around them. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, when you're playing a role, you really need to focus on the the other relationships in the movie, because that's going to read so much on screen, like the chemistry and whether you're actually listening to each other and acting in the same scene or, you know, you want to definitely make sure that, you know, you're jiving and gelling with each other. So then how much time did you have to prepare? Did you know each other ahead of this? Because it does feel like you have enough. Okay, I, that's usually not the case. So then how did you have any sort of prep time to work that out as far as building that chemistry between the two of you? Um, I think we met a couple of times um, before we started filming, uh, maybe once or twice, I think. But yeah, it was just kind of, you know, last minute thing. So you you really have to be grounded in who your character is, I think, to really, really know who your character is um, so that you can make those strong choices and, you know, develop that relationship from there. Because, uh, you know, you got to film right away. So <laughs> the, the joy of being on set is, okay, here you go. Let's make this happen. So yeah. <laughs> you guys have known each other for 20 years. Go out, have at it. You have to do this right yeah. now or however that is. And in yeah, that moment, back. make that work. <laughs> It's almost there was a something that I heard somebody talking about once where shooting out of sequence is something that's really helpful for that because you can have, you know, the day one of your relationship um, is actually somewhere hidden in the middle of the movie. So by the time you find that sort of rhythm with each other, that's sort of it ends up at the front of the film. And then you just kind of take it for granted. That these two know each other. If something feels a little bit off in the middle, um, that right. only you as a performer would see it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of an interesting um little little tidbit. I never really thought of it like that. <laughs> so then have, when you're approaching material like this, is it the cuz the comedy was actually a nice surprise here that I wasn't anticipating that there's a lot here and I think that pulling off comedy is a lot more difficult than people give it credit for. Um, and right. so, and I think that you guys do a great job in this and actually carrying a lot of these one-liners and these looks between each other and that there's quite a bit of humor that it really endears the audience to these characters that when we get to what the eventual arc of this is, it just carries that much more resonance in the end. But uh, talk mm -hmm. about the approach to comedy in this a little bit. Oh, well, you know, I personally, I love comedy so much. Um, 
It's it's one of my favorite genres. And I find that in almost any uh, genre that you do, there seems to be some element of comedy. Yeah. Even in um, the, the Sixth Friend, that's this poster right here. Um, that's a horror film yeah. and that I produced a couple of years ago. And even in that film, there is so much um, subtle him, hidden humor in it that, you know, you almost need that to break up the, the intensity of what's going on in, you know, in the world of that, that story, if it is in fact a horror film, um, it's really good to have, you know, a lighthearted moment a little bit. And the same with two sinners um, and a mule with that, there's so much heartache in it. And there's so much, um, there's such an adventure in it, you know, there's, there's a lot of dark moments in it. And so adding in those little bits of humor sort of, you know, gives our, gives the audience a little bit of a break. And, you know, I, I just feel like it, it creates a little lightness in it that's needed. Um, Cause you don't want the whole thing to be so tragic and heavy. So I think well, comedy really is something that blends into a lot of different genres because it's needed. Agreed. And it's something that we blend into our lives. Um, naturally, if if you are going through any stressful time, there are moments where you find the absurdity and the levity in it, and you will laugh at certain things. I, I've, it's only when things are overly overly serious and they take themselves as really important, and nobody ever lets the air out of a moment. Today's episode of the Following Films podcast is brought to you by Bookman's. Do you have books, movies, or music? gathering dust on your shelves give them a new life at bookman's they gladly accept trade-ins and buy used media clear up some space for new artistic journeys while knowing that your books movies and music will find a loving home on my latest trip to bookman's i found a copy of the 1946 film beauty and the beast this film is an absolute classic and a cinematic treasure that has stood the test of time captivating audiences for generations now This film is extraordinary. It weaves a spellbinding tale that touches the heart and ignites your imagination. From the very first frame, the exquisite artistry and attention to detail transport you to a mesmerizing realm of fantasy and wonder. Cocteau's visionary direction infuses each scene with poetic elegance, and it allows the story to unfold in a visually stunning and emotionally resonant manner. One cannot help but be captivated by the production design and breathtaking cinematography. The opulent castle, with its haunting corridors and magical rooms, becomes a character in itself. And this isn't like when people say New York is a character in the film. This is a literal character in the film. The ethereal lighting and intricate set pieces create a visual feast that immerses the audience in a realm of enchantment. What truly sets this rendition of Beauty and the Beast apart is its ability to delve beyond the surface and explore the complexities of human nature. The film delves into themes of love, sacrifice, and the transformative power of acceptance. It reminds us that true beauty lies within and that appearances can be deceiving. The allegorical elements presented throughout the story add depth and thought-provoking layers, making it a timeless tale with universal resonance. Beauty and the Beast It's nothing short of a triumph when it comes to storytelling and craftsmanship, a true cinematic gem that continues to captivate audiences even after decades. There's very few things you can see that were made 80 plus years ago, or almost 80 years now, I guess, if I'm doing my math correctly, um, 
that still hold up. That stands as a testament to the power and imagination and the enduring appeal of a tale as old as time. If you seek a film that transports you to a world of magic, look no further than this timeless masterpiece. I cannot recommend the film highly enough and recommend that you go to your local Bookman's to unearth your new favorite film. Remember, Bookman's has your cool covered. Enjoy the rest of the show. I disconnect from it to some degree where it's, it's, there's a reality in that if you've ever been to a funeral, um, there's a moment where the people that knew this person best are laughing in the back and they're just sharing these moments. And there's those things that it's a part of how we process emotion. So if everything is so self-serious, it's like, oh, this is somebody that's not actually experiencing this from the inside. It's somebody that's witnessing it from the outside, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think it too, I think it drives the storyline too. Yeah. It just, it's almost too boring, if you will, if it's just too one emotion, you know, it's got to have that little break up in there. So I, I, I'm a horror person. I love horror films, deeply yeah. love horror. So you have the poster of the sixth friend behind you. I haven't seen this yet. Do you have a love of genre films or is this something, um, what led you to produce and have such a role in a horror film? Well, it's funny. My I started off in the horror genre. That's just mm. kind of what I ended up getting cast in. I guess. Um, <laughs> so um, my partner that I produced the horror film with, um, Janie Bernadette, I don't know if you're a horror fan, you might know her. She was in I Spit on Your Grave. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. The the uh, the modern one that they did. Or yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we were on another film set together. Um, uh, this movie called Axeman okay. with Josh Feeney. He directed that. Uh, we were on a walk one day on our day off and just got to talking and, you know, decided, well, maybe we should, you know, produce a horror film together. And so that's just kind of how that came about. And, you know, you do a couple horror films, you get cast in them too. Um, I was in reawakened, which is a horror film on Amazon. Also I played a, a detective. Reawakened. That does sound familiar. I need to see, I am woefully unprepared for this and need to should have gone back through a little bit more. I was just so focused on the, um, this particular film that I was looking into this part of it and thinking about the Western side of it and should have looked a little bit more into your career. I apologize for being unprepared for that part. And so then it, when you're, when you're approaching a role like this, do you have the ability to watch yourself in it afterwards? Can you go back and look uh, a six friend you're producing? You have to watch that stuff, but as a performer alone, can you go back and look at this and be objective about the uh, experience or the final product? You know, that's the thing about film. That's a little bit scary is you don't, you just, you give your performance and then you hand it over to the people that edit it and you know it it comes out how it comes out with the sixth friend we did get to you know help edit it and you know do sound and and you actually learn a lot as a filmmaker um doing that i i love producing actually you you learn so much how to create film um but no that's the thing like with theater you have such control over your performance yes you know you you are controlling what the audience is seeing but yeah, in film, you don't get control over it. So it depends on how they edit it. So that is a, a, a challenge or something that you just need to accept or get used to between the two mediums. So then with uh, having done theater in the in your past, so then do you like the immediacy of that as opposed to playing for essentially the audience of one, which is, I guess, the director in that moment? or Because <laughs> you can make those small 
adjustments, even if it's not going off page, but you know, you can kind of lean in a little bit more when you're in a theater because you have that immediate response and, instead of yeah. what you have in a film, which is uh, one person in the day, maybe. And, but even then you'd have no idea what this all looks like together until months, if not years later. Right. Right. I know. I, you know, I, I have such a huge love of theater. Um, it's just, it is so rewarding. Um, you know, there are moments where, you know, you're just connecting on stage and the connection between you and the other actor is just so strong, but you also feel the audience also. And it's almost a little bit like riding a wave and, you know, in your mind, you don't even know what your next line is, but you're just saying it and it's just, you know, coming out. That's just, that's, that's just amazing when, you know, when those moments uh, happen on stage. So with film, it's a lot more, um, manufactured, I guess, because like you say, you, you film out of out of sequence and you know you just came back from lunch and now you've got to do this big dramatic scene or you know versus in the play you would get to live up to that moment uh chronologically and then you're there so it's just two different elements but um you know I I have a deep love for both of them uh it's it's hard to say which one I like better but well, the, <laughs> I love I, the, theater. the minimal amount of theater that I've done it's the amount of internal doubt that I would have every single moment knowing everything backwards and forward. But when you actually, I, for me, I never got to a place where I was comfortable with anything that I was doing. It's like, Oh, even six shows in it's, I'm going to completely forget this. I have no idea what I'm doing. How the fuck did I end up in this place? I have no business being here. And then you just go out there and it just all some sort of, it, like you said, you're in that moment and it happens and you work your way through it. And it's something that's there, but then being on a film set, it's something that you have, okay, where am I in this today? And it's okay. This one moment you're trying to contextualize everything. And it's a, far different experience. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Did you ever get that comfortable in your, um, when you're doing performances live that you could actually not have a panic attack before you went on stage? Oh yeah. Yeah. There, I mean, there was that moment where, you, you know, you're standing in the wings and you're like, oh, what's my line? Oh, there's my cue. Go. And, you just, and the, suddenly your line comes to you and, you know, but I think that's kind of, I think that's when you're in the best spot is when your mind just kind of go, goes blank and you have this moment of clarity and then you're like, whoa, there it is. And you just go, you know, you just get into it and go. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, that, that, that's kind of the the end goal. I think it, from my limited experience, it's just to be prepared to the point that you can let everything go, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And then you can just be there, but it's there, you know? And I don't know how you do that. It's it's almost like anytime I've been overly prepared to the point, it just comes off contrived. So it's I'm not quite there yet, or I don't know. But I, yeah. I really, the movie is coming out this weekend with uh, the two centers and a mule. Is that correct? It's coming out this oh, weekend. It came out in April. It came out in April. Oh my god! I am so sorry. I I had in my note that it was this weekend so you had the it's already out is it on vod then at this point yeah. or um, it was in theaters so i think okay. it played it for a couple months or it, it was released april 26th okay theatrically. it's streaming online also i think it's i think the dvd release is in may also oh it's on now that i'm looking at this right here i can see it's on prime because i have that open yeah. so okay 
There you go. And all those. So, yeah. Well, I mean, this is a great way to spend Memorial Day weekend. If uh, if you need a palate cleanser after you've gone to take the kids to see whatever they're needing, dragging you to see, uh, I think you could sit down and do far worse than this one this weekend. So this is this, yeah. I had a blast watching this. So I'm sorry that uh, yeah, I had that wrong with the release information. <laughs> Oh, that's all right. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this today. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Of course. Of course. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to whatever else is coming down the pike next because I definitely enjoyed this one. And I think you you have something to be proud of here. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. It was nice to meet you. Have a great weekend. All right. You too. See thanks. you. Uh, bye-bye. Bye. Time enough to figure you out. Time enough to write this down Wish me luck, give me hope
Voice Crack.